More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Well, it is that time, time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. I am Kelly, happy to be joining you, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in to the podcast. Hey, a quick reminder that you can join us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. It's called Survivor Sanctuary Podcast. Just request to join. It is a private group, so the things that you say in there are safe, and you have to answer a question in order to become a member of the podcast. Very simple question. It's multiple choice. You really can't get it wrong if you listen to this podcast, but you got to answer it. Make sure that you do so I can add you to the group and you can join the conversation there. You can introduce yourself, tell part of your story if you want, or you can just hang back and watch, listen, hear other people's stories. It's a great place for community and to just support one another. And I definitely appreciate everybody who takes the time to comment and to post on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group page. Well, we're going to dive into today's episode and it is kind of a different theme than what we usually touch on here on the podcast. Of course, we are still talking about sexual abuse in the church and surviving sexual abuse, which is kind of more along the vein of what we're discussing today, uh, because there's something that I've noticed that I think gets blamed on the church quite a bit when people are trying to come up with the reasons why abuse happens. But I've noticed that when it comes to surviving sexual abuse, I'm not sure that it makes a huge difference whether somebody identifies as a Christian, whether somebody thinks of themselves as an atheist, maybe they don't believe in anything at all, or somebody considers themselves like spiritual, mystical, kind of more the woo-woo type. It seems like we come back to this theme that I don't like at all, and it is trying to find the reason for abuse that ends up somehow blaming victims. And typically when I talk about victim blaming, I'm talking about people who have never experienced abuse, who will put some of the blame on the shoulders of the victim or all of the blame on the shoulders of the victim as a way of kind of explaining away why abuse happens. And it just seems like it's easier to say, well, this person was at fault. And that kind of makes people who've never experienced abuse, I think, feel a little safer because if you can blame the victim then it stands to reason that you could prevent yourself from being abused and you could prevent the people that you love from being abused. So I get that like victim blaming can be a thing that happens from outsiders and people who've never experienced sexual abuse, maybe church leaders uh, and people in the world as well. Like this happens outside of the church as well. But I'm talking today about something that I've seen that seems to be a little bit of a growing trend in not just the survivor community, but the advocate community as well. And it's where we're kind of putting the blame for abuse back on ourselves as the victims. And like, this is infuriating when churches do it, church leaders do it, Christians who've never experienced abuse do it, anyone in the world who does it. It's infuriating when people blame victims for being sexually abused. But I think that it is heartbreaking, completely heartbreaking, when victims of sexual abuse begin to use that language about their own abuse and about the abuse of other people. And that might seem strange, like what victim of sexual abuse is walking around blaming themselves? I'm not talking about uh, people who are blaming themselves as children, you know, like, oh, I'm a kid and this happened to me, so it must be my fault. I'm talking about people who have, in some cases, spent years trying to find healing from sexual abuse, years walking the path of healing, and have come to this grand conclusion that in order to tie up their abuse in a big bow and walk away from it and leave it forever, and I'm speculating here because I'm not in anybody's mind, um, but in order to do that, in order to be like, okay, that was the past and now I'm moving on in my empowerment or whatever, that people need to somehow accept the responsibility or at least part of the responsibility for the abuse in order to move on. 
And the problem with that, well, there are so many problems with that, but one of the biggest problems with that is what you're telling other survivors when you say things like that. And I want to stop here and just say, as you know, and as I say in many of my episodes, because I think that it's a good reminder to give you, I talk about abuse and I share my opinions about abuse. Sometimes I share other people's opinions about abuse. And while, you know, I do try to think through things and be very careful with what I say, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist or a counselor. I haven't gone to school for that. I haven't studied it in you know, a collegiate setting. So I'm just telling you, I am not a therapist here. So I just want to be clear with that before we move into this episode. I'm sharing what I think about these things that I that I see happening. And I know that everybody's mileage kind of varies on where they fall in the thought process surrounding like why abuse happens and who is at fault or why is it allowed to happen? Like there are so many questions, so many questions. And I think that one of the things that I've learned as a survivor of sexual abuse is that I think there are more questions than there are answers. And I think that there always will be like until I stand face to face with God and I'm like, hey, <laughs> you know, could you explain this to me? Or I guess, you know, technically we're supposed to know what he knows when we are in heaven with him someday. And so I look forward to knowing the answers. I look forward to kind of understanding the whys and the wherefores of the abuse that I experienced and the abuse that so many other people experience. There are more questions than there are answers. But I think that a lot of times, whether we're Christians and we believe in God and we believe that he is you know, sovereign and he's in control of the universe, or whether we don't believe in God, I know that not everybody who listens to this podcast is a believer in Christ, but I think that probably a large chunk of the people who listen to this podcast are believers in Christ. Um, but some of what I've been hearing has been from people who grew up in the church and then kind of moved away from that setting. And I'm, I'm hearing some kind of more like mystical, like the universe type stuff. I think that Jen Sincero calls it woo woo or woo wooery. Um, so I know some people are into that kind of, you know, healing and it's not me. It's not what I do. But honestly, I'm finding in some cases some pretty stark similarities between this like mysticism and Christianity as far as the way that we are deciding why abuse happens and how we need to move forward from it. And that's what I want to talk about today. Does that sound confusing? I'll try to make it a little more uh, a little more clear. It, it's a problem, I think, in both the Christian community and in people who are not believers in Christ and who have other forms of spirituality is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes the church gets criticized for it with with good reason. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't because they should. I think that when we blame victims or try to put some of the blame like away from the abuser and in order to try and figure out like the perfect spiritual answer, like we blame everything on the victims and we blame everything on God. And what we're not doing is putting the blame where it belongs, which is on abusers themselves. And I'm seeing that also kind of in the more like just spiritual crowd and the people who are getting into a little more of like the mysticism and, and whatever, that's not my area of expertise, but I'm seeing this and I'm hearing survivors and advocates say these things. And I really want to address them because they're upsetting. And I think one of the main reasons that I feel so strongly about addressing this today on the podcast is because I care deeply for survivors of sexual abuse. And it's not just because I am a survivor of sexual abuse, although I think that that's where a lot of the care stems from, the fact that I've gone through it. Um, but I've met a lot of survivors and I've heard about a lot of survivors' pain. And you guys have shared your stories with me. And, you know, some people over the phone, some people over email, some people on the podcast itself. And there's a lot of pain and there are a lot of questions and there's a lot of struggle. And I just have a sense of not responsibility, but, but just kind of like a mama bear thing that comes out in me. And when I start seeing things that I think are harmful, I just want to talk about it. I want to share it with the people who bother to tune into the podcast every week because maybe you'll glean something from it. Maybe you've heard some of these things that I'm going to be discussing and it's going to be helpful for you to kind of hear a different take on it. Because I think people are being hurt by some of the misinformation that we spread in the name of 
calling ourselves healed from sexual abuse. And I don't want to see people continue to get hurt by that. And so again, I'm not a professional. I'm not somebody that knows everything, but I want to share with you how I feel kind of about this. So in the church, you might hear people say things like, everything is a part of God's plan. If somebody asks like, why was I abused? Why did I have to go through this? You know, I'm struggling and I'm hurting and I have all this pain and I'm, I'm having trouble moving on. I'm having trouble functioning in life. You know, there are so many questions about abuse and why it happens and why we struggle and all of that. And so you'll hear things, you know, from the church. And because this podcast is about sexual abuse in the church, like that's where the focus is typically. And I I will say that you hear these kind of things from the church, like everything is a part of God's plan. You know, God allowed this in your life because he wanted to teach you something and, and he wanted to make you into the person that he meant you to be. And, you know, you needed this trial in your life. And so, you know, God let this happen so that some amazing thing could come out of it. And you hear stuff like that. You hear the scriptures that are just cherry picked out of the Bible and applied without much context at all to whatever situation you hear a lot of like, well, all things work together for good. All things work together for the good of those who love God. And listen, I'm not mocking that. And that's a scripture that has given me a lot of comfort over the years. But I will say that when something horrible happens and somebody just cherry picks that one tiny little verse with zero context and they're like, well, God causes all things to work together for good. Um, But more than actually saying that God causes all things to work together for good, which implies like as an end result, I almost think that people take a little bit more of a, like everything is happening for a reason. Like everything, every single thing that happens is for the reason of everything working out good in the end, which kind of puts the blame for sexual abuse and the blame for other horrible things that happen all on God. So if we're not blaming victims, we're blaming God himself. Like everything is a part of God's plan. Everything happens for a reason. All things work together for good. Well, here, uh, what the Bible actually says is that the plan, like God's plan was no sin. God's plan is always no sin, which means God's plan is always no abuse. Like abuse is never a part of God's plan because abuse is sin and God cannot sin nor can he orchestrate sin to bring about some wonderful plan. That is not how it works. Now, can God take the broken and crumbled pieces of somebody's life that have been ruined by someone or by someone else's sin? And can he fix everything and make it all work together for good? Yes. But is he the one orchestrating the sin in the beginning to somehow uh, bring some great plan to pass? No, I don't believe that. And I don't think that scripture backs that up either. God cannot plan abuse to bring glory to himself or to bring lessons to someone. He allows things to happen. Like, yeah, I mean, I've thought before like a million times, like God can intervene and sometimes he chooses not to, or I would say the vast majority of the time he chooses not to, but we aren't God and we don't know when he is choosing to intervene or what he's saved us from and what he's allowed in our lives. But I think that God not taking an active role in stopping people from committing evil kind of almost makes people look at him as somebody who is orchestrating the evil himself. And I don't believe that that's the case. And I don't believe that the Bible backs that up. But it seems to be something that brings people so much comfort to tell everybody and to tell themselves, like God has allowed this for a reason. And this happened for a reason in your life. And this had to happen so that you could learn this, or so that you could do that, or so that you could end up bringing glory to God. And I want to say, like, stop yourself when you start to say something like that, that's super trite to somebody who has gone through sexual abuse. Stop yourself short before you say something stupid, like basically, God orchestrated the rape of this child so that he could bring himself glory. If that were true of God, then God would not be good. He wouldn't, like the end. And if God is orchestrating the rapes of children, the millions of them that happen in order to bring about some cosmic plan, then he is not good because there is no sin in him. And he is not using sinful means to bring about his purpose because he hates sin. Like the Bible's clear about that. Uh, But you still hear things that basically try and make it sound like, well, you know, this was God. And if you're not making it sound like it was all a part of God's plan, 
then you're blaming it on the victim. And this is happening with victim advocates and survivors as well. And this is the part that gets really heartbreaking to me because I'm not seeing survivors of sexual abuse walking around telling other people like the abuse is your fault it's your fault it happened and you just need to get over it. It's it's much more subtle than that. And I think that survivors are actually accepting responsibility for their abuse in their own lives in order for them to be able to grasp on to some type of healing that signifies I have made it through this process, I'm a different person now, and the abuse is no longer a part of my identity. And this happened several months ago with an advocate who I'm not going to name and maybe you followed this advocate maybe you haven't but she was in a very public battle with a church the church that she had been abused in when she was growing up and her abuser had come out of that church and the church backed the abuser and the church did not back her at all and she's been an advocate for years wonderful person by everything that I can see so again not here to trash anybody but she posted something several months back that had a lot of people in the survivor community sort of just like reeling and up in arms and saying like what the actual heck is happening right now and I I don't have these posts in front of me but basically she said you know she was ready to walk away from this fight that she was in with the church which you know what everybody has to do what they have to do to heal and you are under no obligation I just want to put this in here um, this is not the part that I found like scary slash sad slash appalling in this whole thing that happened online the part where this person is laying down their sword and saying, I'm stepping away from this battle, that is a completely personal choice. And yes, they chose to tell people about it online and to publicly like declare it. And that, that's fine too. That's also their personal choice. So you're never under any obligation whatsoever to fight your abuser, to fight abusive systems. You're not like I think that sometimes we get the idea that everybody who suffered from abuse um, somehow needs to become an advocate and and like speak out and be loud and let their voice be heard and listen, you want your voice to be heard, more power to you, that's amazing. But if you don't want your voice to be heard and you just want to live your life and not be completely consumed and wrapped up in sexual abuse and fighting it all the time, like good for you also, like whatever you need for your own healing, that's awesome. So that's not the problem. But as she stepped away from this like battle, um, she said she had been blaming you know people for the abuse that really weren't the people who abused her. Like she had been blaming the systems and the church and the people in authority that didn't help her rather than putting the abuse squarely on the shoulders of the person who actually committed the abuse and rather than putting the blame squarely on his shoulders. And so she said, you know, she was going to be done with that fight. And she, she was asking forgiveness from people that she had spoken out against. And a lot of people were upset because they saw the people that she had spoken out against as being evil. And a lot of the things that they did, I think were evil and were wrong. And I hope there continue to be people who speak out against them and who fight that injustice that comes from that church. However, I don't believe it's the responsibility of this survivor to keep fighting and keep doing this. Like sometimes you have to fight just to make it through a day. You have to fight for your own relationships. You have to fight for your own healing and you don't have the emotional energy for anything else. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But in the comments, I read something that just like my heart stopped when I read it and it made me so sad. Um, she was kind of explaining things and she was saying, you know, this person abused me, but also I allowed the abuse to happen. And again, I don't have the exact comments and the exact words right in front of me, but I know that those words were spoken. I allowed the abuse to happen. This person was a child when the abuse happened and a part of the healing and the walking away apparently is accepting part of the responsibility for the sexual abuse. Now, again, it's upsetting and infuriating when other people blame victims, but I think that it's really sad when victims blame themselves. And here's one of the reasons that I think that it happens where People who have fought against abuse just like you get so tired. You just get tired. And and I think I'm not saying it's like the easy way out or, or like the coward's way out or anything like that. You just get freaking tired sometimes. It's tiring. It's exhausting trying to convince other people to care about the fact that anyone's being abused. It's exhausting to try and convince people that victims of sexual abuse are not at fault. 
it's exhausting trying to just live your life and not let the abuse that you suffered affect you all the time. Like sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. You don't want to put up with it. And so I understand that sometimes we need to grasp for these absolute answers. And it might be easier to heal if you say, I allowed this to happen. And so, you know, part of this I am at fault for because I allowed it into my life. And here's why that's an empowering statement for someone who's been sexually abused, because it gives the power back to the victim of the abuse. If you weren't at fault for any of it, then you were just victimized by someone. And that's a feeling that's really, really difficult for a lot of us to take. It is so much easier. um, And I mean, easier is relative, but it seems to be so much easier. And I know this was true in my own life to accept part of the responsibility or all of the responsibility for the abuse, because if you did it, then you have the power to not let it happen again. You were no one's victim. You weren't victimized. And being a victim and having been victimized is a really, really, really uncomfortable place to be. It's not comfortable. It, it takes your power away. It makes you feel helpless. It is not a fun feeling. So I think that when we look for answers, the easiest way to come up with an answer that, that makes it easier for you to move on is sometimes accepting that some of this might have been your fault because it gives the power back to you and it puts you in a position where you are empowered and not victimized. And so I can understand the pull of wanting to accept some of the responsibility for your own abuse. I can understand it. I did it in my own life and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I was six years old when I was sexually abused. Six and a half to be precise. Six and a half years old And the way that my mind saw the abuse was that I basically seduced the adult who sexually abused me. It was my idea. It was my doing. I had this vision in my head of me taking my abuser by the hand and leading him upstairs to a bedroom instead of what actually happened, which was that the abuser got me alone so that he could sexually abuse me and manipulated me into doing whatever he wanted. But in my mind, the way that I saw things for so many years, like until I became an adult, the way that I saw it was that I had somehow allowed that to happen or that it had been my idea. And abusers love this mentality because it makes it easier for them to abuse people. When we take on the responsibility, we take on the guilt, we take on the shame, we take on the fear of getting in trouble because we've done something bad, that all plays into the abuser's plans and makes it so much easier for them to abuse and also to keep people from telling on them for abusing them. Because if you're taking responsibility for it, if you tell, you're telling on yourself. I understand that we all need to heal in our own way. I understand that we all need to come to our own conclusions about our own healing and our own past and our own trauma so that we can move forward in our lives, so that we can heal, so that, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you need to do. I think, though, that when we push for an answer to the why of sexual abuse, like if that's what we need in order to heal, if that's what we need in order to be able to move on, as people always want us to do, and and to be honest, what a lot of us want for ourselves as well. If we need to have an answer to the question of why did this happen to me? Why did I have to go through this trauma? Why do I continually suffer from the trauma that I went through? Why? If you must have an answer to the question why, if you must have an absolute of some kind to make you feel better, you cannot go far into answering that question before you get into victim blaming. It's the same thing with God blaming. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for all this and he's sovereign in your life and this this rape had to occur, you know, when you were five or six or seven or eight or nine years old so that he could work out this elaborate plan in your life. Like, just like you're, you're blaming it on God with the why, it's also easy to start blaming the victim, even if the victim is yourself. And that's why it was heartbreaking when I saw this post and just like, I allowed this to happen and in order to heal and move on and be free and a lot more mystical than I am. But still, you know, the general gist was 
I'm moving on from this identity of, you know, being a victim. I allowed this in my life and this person played a role and that person played a role. And, you know, this very mystical woo woo kind of answer that really ends up being a lot of the same BS as what Christian people say to try and explain away abuse. And that is that it's basically on the shoulders of the victim of the abuse, or it can all be blamed on God, who is supposed to be loving and kind and just and righteous and holy, uh, but who apparently a lot of church people think is up in the clouds orchestrating the sexual assault of small children and babies to bring glory to his name. It's completely, completely ridiculous. So that was just one example. And another example is actually from someone who listens to this podcast as far as I know and and has been giving advice to other people and someone brought some of this advice to me and asked me, you know, what I thought about it. And basically this advice was saying that the sexual abuse is never about the other person, meaning it's never about the abuser. That the abuser is just playing a role so that our souls have the chance to experience learning and evolution and I <laughs> Listen, I love you, and I'm so happy that people listen to this podcast, and I love when people reach out to each other for help, and we support each other on the podcast. I think it's awesome. Sometimes it scares me, though, and so I want to give you a quick warning. If you reach out to strangers on the internet for help, you got to be really careful because you never know who is behind the keyboard screen. And there are so many people who listen to this podcast. I've literally never come across a problem before where I thought, oh dear, people are overstepping, like ever. Uh, But in this case, that's not the way that I felt. Um, I felt like this person was sharing information that was actually not true and that is actually, whether it's designed to make a victim feel empowered or not, at the root of it, it is victim blaming. When you say that the universe allowed sexual assault to happen so that you could learn, first of all, the universe is a douchebag. Same thing with, oh, God wanted all these children to be raped so that he could bring glory to his name someday down the road. Um, No, not true. If the universe is handing out child rape so that those children can learn something and evolve, the universe is a D-bag. And I'm not going to apologize for saying that. When you say abuse is never about the other person, meaning the abuse is never about the abuser, um, that that abuser is just playing a random role that the universe has them playing so that we can learn and we can evolve. First of all, that is just a load of absolute garbage. And second, it's victim blaming. Well, first it's universe blaming and then it's victim blaming. And it's saying like, you know, this happened to you so that you could learn. You needed this experience in your life so that you could learn and evolve. Well, I want to ask something to people who believe stuff like that. Why is it then that a much higher percentage of children who are abused end up with mental illness? Why is it if if we're just trying to learn a lesson from the universe or to learn a lesson that God has to teach us, if, if you're not a universe person and you're a God person, um, why is it then that people who suffer from sexual abuse as children are more likely to have mental illness, they're more likely to have substance abuse problems, they're more likely to commit suicide, they're more likely to die from cancer, heart disease, stroke, diabetes. Why? If the point of sexual abuse being allowed in our lives is to teach us something and help us grow and evolve, then why does it cause so much damage to people who are sexually abused. Why? Someone answer that for me. Oh, the universe just wanted you to learn. Did the universe also want me to have borderline personality disorder? Did the universe also want me to never be able to function in an adult love relationship? Did the universe also want me to never have children? Did the universe also want me to have a panic attack if a guy on a dating app decides that he wants to send me a message and say hi? Like, come on. If the point of sexual abuse being allowed in our lives was so that we could learn something and evolve, why does it do the opposite? Abuse, when you boil it down, leads to death. Life leads to death, yes. 
But abuse leads to death faster because it leads to so many things that can cause further issues in our lives. And if the point of abuse was just the universe being like, hey, this lovely person here just needs this life lesson. They need to evolve. I'm going to give them some good old fashioned sexual assault when they're eight years old or when they're 12 years old, or when they're 13 years old, they're gonna be manipulated by an abuser and they're gonna allow themselves, and please see my air quotes, allow themselves to be abused so they can learn something great. Do I sound a little bit fired up? I am like, this upsets me. Again, that mama bear comes out in me because I love the people that I've met through this podcast And I have a heart for people who I haven't met through this podcast, but who have suffered from abuse. And I don't like hearing when people need so desperately to answer that why for whatever reason that it is. And trust me, I understand. I understand the draw of trying to figure out why sexual abuse happens, trying to figure out why it happened, why did it happen to me, and why do I keep struggling from it? If the answer is because you need to accept responsibility for it, then I will hang up my microphone right now. I will never talk about sexual abuse again if that's the answer. But I'm 100,000% confident that that is not the answer. People do not allow themselves to be abused. People do not allow themselves to be victimized. It happens when an abuser manipulates, lies, coerces, demands, sneaks around being evil and wicked because they want to abuse. You want to know why abuse happens? Do you want to know why abuse happened to you? Because I know why it happened to me. I mean, I have an answer to the why. It's just not the why that people want to hear. That person who sent a message and said abuse is never about the other person, it's never about the abuser, they're just playing a role so our souls can have the chance to experience learning and evolution. Actually, no, abuse is always about the other person. It's always about the abuser because the only friggin' reason that abuse exists is because abusers want to and decide to abuse. The end. If you needed an answer to that why, why, why God, why, why is this happening to me? Why did it happen to me? Why, why, why? This is the answer. Not because God wanted you to be abused so that he could bring glory to his own name, because that would make him a narcissist and also a liar because he hates sin. And he's not going to plan for you to be raped, a sin of which he hates, so that someday down the road, he can be glorified somehow. That's not the way that it works. The plan is always no sin. The plan is always no abuse. But that's God. If you're talking about the universe, kind of the same deal. If the universe is letting people be sexually assaulted as children so they can learn something, I mean, there are other ways to learn things, then the universe is a giant D-bag. Not backing down from that. Abuse happens because abusers want to abuse and decide to abuse. That's it. That's why it happens. Is that hard to swallow? Yeah, it is. Why? Because we're not abusers. We're not evil. Evil doers gonna evil. Like that's the way that it works. And it sucks because we want a more nice, sweet, pat answer. We want the answer that explains stuff because it's not fair. It's not fair that some people experience abuse and some people don't. It's not fair that, you know, some people get through life unscathed and they don't have these huge childhood traumas that they have to try and overcome. It it doesn't seem fair. So we want an answer. We want to make sense out of suffering. We want to make sense out of the why. Why does this happen? But honestly, the only answer that makes any sense is abuse happens because abusers want it to. Wolves are going to wolf. It's what they do. And unfortunately, because there's sin in the world, because there's evil in the world, there are evil doers. And those evil doers have decided to be selfish and to do something bad. And I'll say that that's really like when I say I have an answer, like I don't mean that I've necessarily arrived at some, you know, enlightenment that other people don't have because there are still tons of questions like why do people want to be abusers? 
What makes them want to be horrible and evil? What would make a grown man want to sexually assault a little boy or a little girl? What on earth is wrong with people? Like there are a lot of questions, but the only answer that I know for sure is that abuse happens because of abusers. It doesn't happen because a victim allows it. It happens because an abuser decides they want to abuse and then they go ahead and abuse using all of the weapons in their arsenal to entrap people and to victimize them. And it sucks to think of yourself as a victim and I get that, like trust me. This was decades of me thinking that I had seduced my abuser when I was six and a half years old, literally. So when you say you think it's your fault and when people blame themselves as victims, I understand it 100%, but I also understand that it is a defense mechanism. It's a survival skill, basically. If I blame myself, it gives me the power. And if I just blame the abuser, then I'm just a victim who is victimized. And that's harder. That's a harder pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of us because it is the less powerful of the two. Blaming yourself and saying, oh yeah, I took an active role in my own sexual assault, that kind of makes you seem like a bad person, but at least you're a powerful bad person, right? And if you just say, no, the abuse is not about me. The abuse is not about me. It was about the person who was so evil that they decided to perpetrate this horrible thing this horrible sin, this horrible action against me. That kind of makes you feel smaller because it gives the abuser all the power. And I get that that's something that we struggle with. We want to take back our power. But it's sad to me when taking back your own power involves you blaming yourself for a portion of the abuse that you suffered. And it might seem empowering, but what it does to you is it tells you the only way that you can move on and the only way that you can have this wholeness and this healing is if you accept your part in the abuse that okay I allowed it in my life so that makes me powerful so I can move on but it also means that you caused your own abuse you allowed it in your life that's you're blaming yourself that's putting the abuse on the shoulders of the victim instead of where it belongs which is on the shoulders of the abuser If that's the only way that you can move on, that a victim of abuse can move on, it's not a healthy moving on. I think that one of the tricks or the keys, whatever you want to call it, to healing from sexual abuse is getting comfortable with unanswered questions. I think there are a couple of things that we can know for sure. And one of those things is that if God is a good God, he's not orchestrating sexual abuse. And the other thing is, That if you were sexually abused, the entire reason that it happened is because an abuser decided he or she wanted it to happen. It's not about you. I want to say the exact opposite of the advice that this person gave someone on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook page, that abuse is always about the other person. It's never about you. And it sucks because the abuse happens to us, but the reason that the abuse happens is not about us. I don't want to hear about, oh, well, I was a needy child or, oh, I was this or, oh, I was that. And that's the reason. No, because a person who's not abusive is not going to look at a child who needs affection or needs attention and think, oh, I should rape them. It is always about the other person. It is always about the abuser because that is why abuse exists. The only reason we have abuse is because abusers want to abuse and they decide to abuse. The end. That's it. If you need an absolute and you need an answer, that's one I've got for you. But it's a really tough one to just sit with. It is so much easier to come up with an answer for everything that's wrong and for why things happen. And it's just easier to come up with some woo-woo type of the universe, mystical, or even, you know, scriptural answer as to why horrible, awful, tragic things happen that we can't explain. It's so much easier to come up with some pat platitude that you can just sprinkle on people whenever they're upset or sad or go through some trauma than it is to sit with the reality that there are some things we're not going to have answers for. We're not going to have answers in this lifetime to a lot of the crap that we experience. And that sucks. 
and we're people who want answers. I'm one of them. Oh my goodness. I cannot stand it. I watch the ID channel all the time and occasionally they'll slip in an unsolved murder and it infuriates me. If I don't know in advance that this was an unsolved case and you just spring that on me, like I watched the whole thing waiting for them to catch the bad guy and then they're like, and 13 years later, there are still no leads and this, I get so upset. I want answers. I need answers. I cannot stand to not know what happened or why it happened. I need those answers. So I get it. We want answers. It makes us feel better and it gives us more power when we have them. But the problem is the more of an absolute that you need, the closer you're going to get to victim blaming because it's not, it's not a far step to take. If you've got to have an answer, you've got to have an answer for why you want to know every detail of why something happened and what you can do to move on. And if you're ever going to be better, whatever you're going to reach until you get to the place that I'm seeing advocates get to and abuse survivors get to where it's like, oh, well, I allowed this in my life. And so I'm taking back my power and I'm stepping away from advocacy. And I'm just, I'm no longer going to identify with the person who was abused. Here's the problem. I'm not telling you that you need to walk around wearing a shroud of victimhood. I'm not telling you that you need to wear your victimhood as a badge. I'm not telling you that's how you need to even see yourself as a victim. But the unfortunate reality is that once something has happened in your life, there aren't any takebacks. You can't say like, okay, well, I've gotten to this point of healing where I was never sexually abused in the first place. And I think a lot of us want to be able to get to that place where it's as though it never happened to us and more power to you if you get to that point. Um, Healing is great. It is. Healing and thriving and having a wonderful life and, and not being bogged down by the weight of everything you suffer as a result of having been abused. All that is fabulous. But we're never getting to a point in our healing where the abuse never happened. We can't. And so if people want to go to these desperate lengths to not ever identify as a victim, I guess one of the only ways to do that is to take responsibility for what happens. And I don't mean take responsibility for things you've done. I'm talking about and talking against taking responsibility for something that is not your responsibility. And that is the sexual abuse that you've experienced. It's not your responsibility. It doesn't belong on your shoulders. And I love you. But no matter how empowered it makes you feel, it is unhealthy for you to blame yourself for the sexual abuse that you experienced because it's not your fault. Abuse happens because abusers abuse. It's who they are. It's what they do. As long as there's evil in the world, it's going to keep happening. I know this episode is making you feel super warm and fuzzy inside. I'm not trying to be depressing. I'm not. I'm not trying to be depressing at all. I just want to say if the only way that you can think of to be healed is to accept responsibility for your abuse, you're doing it wrong. I hope that you can feel empowered. I hope that you can move on. I hope that you can get to a point where you're not suffering and you're not feeling the after effects of having been abused. God bless us all. That is my hope and prayer for every single person. But if you have to get to that point by accepting responsibility, for the abuse that was perpetrated against you, even if it's just partial responsibility, if that's how you get to that healing place, it's not real healing. It's not. It isn't real healing. And you're going to come back to this place. And again, I'm not an expert, but accepting the responsibility for abuse that was perpetrated against you by an abuser is not something that is going to bring healing to you. It's not. And it makes me sad to see people reaching so hard for answers that they're willing to go as far as accepting responsibility for sexual abuse that happened to them when they were a kid. I think that our desire for absolutes and our desire for just these pat answers, like give me the truth and there it is and I can move on. Uh, That desire and that need of ours for all those answers, I think is, is what makes it so hard in the healing process and it makes us gravitate toward people who have answers. And I want to tell you the people who have the strongest answers are the people who victim blame. They just are. Those are the people. They're the Tony Robbinses of the world. 
oh, you just want to be a victim. And if you would let go of this victimhood, then you can move on. And everything is within your power and everything in your life, you've allowed it into your life. And you, you know what? Like, again, I call BS because it's not true. But the people with those answers, the people who are so, so, so sure that they know exactly how to tell you to move on and exactly what God wants from you and exactly what the universe wants from you and the exact right, perfect answer, those people are the ones that are going to be victim blaming. And it's gotten to the point where survivors themselves, in order to feel empowered, are accepting that. I'm not going to be anybody's victim. And in order to not be a victim, I'm going to accept responsibility for the role that I played in my own abuse. It's not healthy and it's not the truth. That's just the bottom line. It is not the truth. You were not abused because you allowed the abuse. You were abused because an abuser decided they wanted to abuse you and they used you because you were available. Not because there was something broken in you and you were just an easy target because of all the things that were wrong with you. No. There wasn't anything wrong with you. There's something wrong with the abuser. Abusers are horrible, nasty, disgusting people who only care about themselves. And because they only care about themselves, abuse is always 100,000% about the abuser and 0% in the negatives percent about the person that they abuse. So that's what I've got for you today. And along with that, a friendly reminder If you join the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group, be super careful who you reach out to. I screen people to let them into the group, but I don't know the hundreds of people personally that are in that group. If I see something that I think is not great, that's fine, but there are people sending private messages to each other, and I'm not anyone's boss, and I'm not going to tell people what they can or can't do. I just want to tell you to be careful who you reach out to on social media. If you don't know their background, if you don't know anything about them, because like this stuff is happening, there are abuse advocates and abuse survivors who are telling other abuse survivors that, you know, your abuse just happened not because of the abuser. The abuser has nothing to do with this. This is all about you and what you needed to learn from life. And I'm sorry, but that's crap. It's not true. Respectfully, like I don't want to step on anybody's belief system or whatever, but when you're victim blaming, especially if you were a victim of sexual abuse yourself, like there's a problem. And I just want everybody to be super careful because I want everybody who's listening to the podcast and who's engaging on the Facebook page to just be careful about who you reach out to and and who you get advice from. Again, not your boss, can't tell you what to do or not do, just asking you to proceed with caution before you accept private messages from people in the group, um, before you accept advice from somebody that you've never met, including me, like, please, if I ever say something that you think is dumb or, you know, that might be harmful to someone, please tell me. I have listeners sometimes reach out to me and be like, oh, hey, you said this and it might make people think this. So maybe you could like issue a correction or something. And I appreciate those people. I really do. Um, Because I want everybody to be safe and I never want anybody to walk away from Survivor Sanctuary thinking, oh, well, this abuse happened because I needed to learn something from the universe or this abuse happened because I, I was responsible for it and I allowed it into my life. Like, I don't ever want people to deal with stuff like that. We deal with enough as survivors of sexual abuse. Like, we deal with enough and I just don't want that extra layer to be added onto that. So if somebody's ever told you that... You should step away from abuse advocacy um, or speaking out as a survivor because your abuse is about you and it's never about the abuser. Um, Kindly tell them to get all the way out of here with that because it's not the truth. Abuse is always about the abuser. The end. And I really hope that you can soak that in and that it can sink in. I can't tell you why it happens other than abusers are evil. I can't tell you why it's allowed to happen and God doesn't intervene. I can't tell you why some people seem to be rescued from abuse before it gets too horrible and other people have to endure horrifying things. And that's just as an aside, that happens as well. And I'm guilty of this. I've said before, maybe not out loud or publicly, but when I was younger and I wrote out the story of my abuse, I remember the conclusion that I came to 
about my sexual abuse was that God had protected me. That, oh, wow, God allowed this so he could show me that he protected me from being sexually abused worse than I was. And it didn't like dawn on me that it had been bad enough to really wreak havoc on my entire life. Um, But because I knew that the abuse could have been worse, my big takeaway was that, oh, God allowed this to happen so that he could show me that he protects me. And I felt very like warm and fuzzy about that conclusion. I really did. And I've heard other people say it too. Like it's a great way to feel, but we have to caution ourselves also that, well, what made me so special that God wanted to protect me? What about the four-year-old who dealt with years and years and years of horrific abuse? What about the people who were abused by their own family members? What about the people who got stuck in abuse and it ruined their entire lives? Like what, when we think, oh, God saved me, God protected me. He had this hedge of protection and, and around me and I didn't have to suffer. Why am I special? And the people who weren't rescued out of it weren't special. And I think that that's where we need to be careful. Again, trying to figure out answers for why things happen And trying to have these absolutes, like, I know this is why this happened, and I know this, and I know this, and know this. Those absolutes get us into trouble sometimes. And they typically tend to lead to some form of victim blaming. And again, I already said that's what I've got for you today, and I've added on many more minutes. So thanks for bearing with me. But I just, I wanted to send that message. You're not to blame for abuse. It is always 100,000% abusers. You want to know why it happens? That's why. Don't know why they pick their specific targets except for their own personal preference and their own personal convenience because they are personally evil. You are not, and you didn't do anything to deserve being abused. You're free to join us on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group to continue this conversation. Add anything that you want to add. Correct me if you think I'm wrong about something. I welcome that as well because I'm not, again, I'm not a professional. I'm not... I don't have fancy letters after my name that signify that I'm a magical person whose opinion is better than everybody else's. I'm just a person who's very passionate about not blaming abuse victims for their own abuse. So join us on the Survivor Sanctuary page, and I will catch you back here next time on another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.